My name is Charlton Hyatt. I serve as our senior associate pastor of Shepherding Ministries here at Stonebriar. And I want to thank you for those of you who are here with us in our worship center and those of you who are joining us online for being here to kick off our weekend of our 25th anniversary celebration. And tonight we will look at what God has done among us and in us and through us and beyond us and praise him for it and have some fun while we're doing it. We're going to uh, recall some poignant memories and talk about Stonebriar's history and mainly through the recollections and the stories of our senior pastor, the one who has been here from the very first time that we got together as a church, our senior pastor, Chuck Swindoll. And we are so thankful for him and Cynthia. Cynthia is here with us too. Thank you. Also joining us tonight in our celebration, no stranger to Stonebriar, he's part of our family, he and his wife Kathy, Bill Butterworth, and we're so thankful to have him with us tonight. Bill and Chuck have known each other for 48 years, so almost twice the years that we have been a church, and they are our good friends, and Bill always will keep it lively around here, and so we're glad he's up here tonight. But before Bill comes to open us in prayer, we'd like to do something a little fun and so that we can see with our own eyes what God has done among us. So, if you were at that very first meeting at Stonebriar, of Stonebriar Community Church when we met at the Stonebriar Country Club on October 14th, 1998, would you please stand up? Look. I see some folks. Yes. How about that? Stay, now stay standing, stay standing. If you joined us at Quad C, Collin County Community College from 1998 to 2001, would you please stand up? That's great. Of course, you remember these white chairs over here. We'll talk about that in just a minute. We're going to have some fun, fun discussion about that. If you joined us when we moved into what was our first building on this campus, it's now Building B, we worshiped in what is now our multi-purpose room, but from 2001 to 2008, would you stand up? That's great. And if you joined us in 2008 when we moved into this worship center here and have been with us since then or joined us any time up until now, would you stand up? <laughs> and if you're not standing up, maybe this is your first time with us, so please stand up and we welcome you. And for those of you joining us online, if you, join, if you joined us since we've been online and live streaming, just, you don't have to stand up. You're probably comfortable where you are. Just raise your hand. We don't see that hand, but thank you. Look what God has done among us. Thank you. Be seated. Bill, would you come and open some prayer? 
Let's pray, can we? Lord, we are so grateful for what we celebrate tonight. Thank you for 25 years of rich history here at Stonebriar Community Church. Thank you for showing up from the very beginning and ministering and leading and guiding us through these years. Thank you for the human leadership that you provided for us that has been with us all these years. Thank you for the faithful members of the congregation week after week coming here not only to learn but to minister and to give back a little bit of what you've given to them. Lord, this is a great weekend that we celebrate what you have done. Thank you for the memories that we will recount tonight. Thank you for the lessons that we've learned, the laughter we've enjoyed, the, the pain we've endured. We are truly grateful people. We thank you in advance for what will happen now. In all of these things, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Okay, Chuck, we're going to start before Stonebriar came to be. It's 1997, and you're the president of Dallas Theological Seminary. Insight for Living is expanding its ministry, and it's headquartered in Fullerton, California. And you and Cynthia are living in Dallas. So what are you thinking? What's on your hearts at that time? Well, when I came to the seminary, one of my comments to the board of the seminary was, you know, I'm really a, a churchman. I've, I've been with sheep so long I smell like one. So you need to understand, I'm not at heart an academician. I am, I'm really made for a flock. And uh, I want you to know, I, I, I long to pastor a church. And we had talks about that, and I assured them of staying for several years before we would be underway with that, but I did want to tell them on the front end that was on my heart. We had no place in mind. We weren't even sure if there was a place already established where we would fit in, uh, or of all things, whether we might start one, uh, a church, which I'd never done before. So 97 was a, a time of... Uh, you know, almost nonstop commuting between Fullerton, California, and, and Dallas, where Cynthia was living both places, and we were trying our best to get the lease paid off uh, so we could get inside for a living moved. We had no place to move, and we had a large staff we had to work out, so that was, that was uh, a bit of an energy drain. Uh, and we would swap off weekends. Sometimes I would take the flight and go to be with her. Other times she would come and, and be with me. Uh, and invariably, uh, we, we did our best to maintain a marriage. Something's wrong when you know the airline personnel better than your neighbors, yeah, you right, know? Yeah. And I, Sounds I could like call. Sounds like you're doing this for the frequent flyer miles. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I did have a pack of those in my <laughs> hip pocket, and uh, I did really recognize a number of people who fly. You fly enough to know this. There are people who are on that plane virtually every 
Monday or Tuesday, and they're always there the following week, and you see them week after week. Hey, Frank, how are you? Hey, Chuck, nice to see you, Bill. Get to know. How's the business going? Good. Well, how's the ministry? Ministry? Oh, yeah, that's me. Okay. <laughs> and we would, we would banter back and forth, but it was um, a bit exhausting, sure. if I may just jump right in and sure. admit, admit it. I realized I also... Uh, needed to give the seminary my very best. Uh, they were the reason I'd come to Dallas, and uh, I, I, I got to where I felt, you know, pretty much comfortable in that position, though not fully. Uh, but you know what right. that's like. Thank you. Okay, well, can I follow up on that? There's, um, you can do anything you want, Bill, whatever. A, a fact, I bet a lot of people don't know about you, and... Um, I've tried to bury it in the way I've phrased this question. So, which, which of the following four statements is true? A, before you met Cynthia, you briefly dated President Lincoln's widow, Mary Todd Lincoln. I would never have dated that woman, I'll okay. tell you. B, you were a war hero. You captained PT-109, which was attacked, yet you personally rescued all your crew. Wrong guy. Nope. C, Coach Tom Landry desperately wanted you at quarterback, but reluctantly had to take Roger Staubach. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or D, you once considered starting a church in Nashville, Tennessee. That's true. There it is. That... that D is the only one even near the truth. Well, tell me about right. Nashville. How did that come about? Well, you know, it's a funny thing what happens to you when you're at a distance and you're dreaming pretty wildly and, and you think, well, why not? People do their work, oops, people do their work here and yet it winds up there and the computer makes possible mm. all of us to do our work all over. And... Uh, Let's face it, uh, Nashville is a lot prettier than Dallas. <laughs> so I'm thinking, boy, and, and we found a great lot there uh, out in Linwood Downs, and, and we bought it, as a matter of fact, mm. thinking this is going to open up beautifully and, and all. But I'll tell you, we couldn't get a corporal's guard interested in a church. Mm. We've met in a hotel Cynthia will uh, verify this. And we were all excited about the people that were going to come. It was going to be packed out. There's going to be a lot of excitement. I think there were nine there that day. And <laughs> one of them was asleep through most of it. And, and then we met again on another occasion, and that didn't go anywhere. And I said to her, uh, we're, we're barking up the wrong tree. This isn't going to work. Furthermore, I had some plaque from Dallas the guy's saying, what in the world are you thinking? You know, you need to be here. We've always had the president of the school here, and we've got enough to keep you busy on site. Right. But we did think about a, a Nashville and thinking that would maybe be a good way to, to keep things, uh, you know, a little creative. Beautiful. I had a publisher there, and so that worked out nicely. If We could have done that. Oh, but, you write? Huh? <laughs> you write? <laughs> Actually, I have. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's amazing. I know. Not that people read it, but I write. Yes. Now that I can relate to. Right. There you go. Right. Anyway, Nashville looked good on paper, yeah. but it never worked out. 
So I wound up in Dallas. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad I did. And I'll tell you about that later. We're, we're thankful the Lord closed the door there in Nashville because then in October of 98, October 14th, 1998, was the first meeting of Stonebriar Community Church at the Country Club. You preached out of Acts 2 that day. And what, do you remember your message, what you oh, said? Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, I've, I've, I've never done this since coming to, uh, where are we? This Stonebriar. It's, <laughs> since coming to Stonebriar. I've never gone back and taken a message and just done it again. But Sunday, I'm doing the message I did. Oh. The, so I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> okay, well, more, you've got to come back Sunday, Sunday to hear the end of this yeah, question. You got, if you come Sunday, you'll know what I talked about <laughs> okay. 25 years ago. That's yeah, great. It seemed to work perfectly, and I'm so glad wow. I chose that. Yeah. That's wonderful. But that was, that was a, a total, complete surprise on our part when we walked into that room. I mm. cannot tell you how surprised we were. Mm. <laughs> in fact, the manager of the, of the uh, club said to me when we walked in, uh, this is your room here. And I looked in there and I said, no, no that's not our group. It's got to be another one over here. He said, that's your group. Mm. And I said, it actually, that can't be our group. He said, it <laughs> is your group. How about that? Go in there. So I, Glad I walked, you did. Yeah, I walked, <laughs> I walked in. I just, I didn't know one person in there. Well, like our, our son was there to do the sound. Right. But other than that, uh, Cynthia and I looked at each other like, who are these people? And <laughs> why are they here? Do they realize right. what this is all about? I think they did. Okay, so then you move from there to a place. I, I was not a part of this at this point. I was still out on the West Coast, but uh, Charlton has filled me in. You affectionately called the next place you were meeting um, Quad C, which was for the four initials CCCC. Collin County. Oh, oh, dip, 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 You're taking his joke away. Wait for the question, Chuck. <laughs> Took me 10 minutes to write this question. Don't give it away, okay? It's taken you 20 minutes to ask it. So. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> From December 98 to February 99, you met in the Quad C, short for CCCC. CCCC stands for A... Central Co-op for Creative Cremation. <laughs> B, Casey's Crispy Chicken and Cornbread. <laughs> C, Chuck and Charlton's College of Cosmetology. <laughs> or D, Collin County Community College. I'm not going to say it. No, oh, man. Right. You're, you're right. It has to be D. And that was... Quad C. Yep. Who, do you know who coined that term? Is that something you came up with? Oh, Charlton Hyatt. No, it <laughs> already you? existed. It was here. Quad C was here. How did we land there? How, how did we well, end up there? Well, uh, we need a joint to meet. Not a joint. I'm, I, thought I, was, <laughs> I thought I was home. <laughs> uh, we need a place to meet. And uh, the, the club wouldn't have us anymore. Right. And uh, then we tried... Uh, was it Trinity Christian Academy. Okay, yeah. And we were there for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. 
And then they said, we're, we're closing the place down for a long time holiday, so right. we, you, this won't be open to you. And so we didn't meet anywhere the following week. So there were a number of people that just wondered, is that it? Are we through? Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I had never like canceled. Well, we did later when we COVID right. we canceled, uh, yeah. but but uh, we we needed a, a place mm -hmm. to go. Mm -hmm. And somebody in our group, as we had kind of a brainstorming session, said, "No, Collin County has a great gymnasium. They don't play ball on Sunday, uh, and they don't practice on Sunday. Why don't we see if they'll let us hang out there?" So we, we said, we won't be here long. <laughs> yeah, And they very graciously, after yeah. meeting, uh, said, you, we're willing to have you come for four to six months. That would be fine. <laughs> and it ended up being a little over two years. It, it did. It did. We kind of wow. wore our welcome yeah, out. We but the, their, their concern was their gymnasium floor, right. which was a beautiful hardwood floor. And remember what we did? Yeah, we had to... Clean it and mop it and lay the tarp down and put yeah. the chairs Actually, on there. Actually, it was it was a real uh, heavy butcher paper type stuff <laughs> yeah. that came on yeah. a roller. Yeah, and our folks would come and they'd unroll it and they'd lay it out in in strips. This actually happened, and and we'd tape that together so people wouldn't get tangled up in it when they walked. <laughs> and then we we hauled in all these white plastic chairs. Oh, I think we have one we that, have one uh, that symbolizes uh, that yeah, over that, uh, uh, joined us here on the stage. Right. Is that, is, is that like one of, one of our uh, our heirlooms there? Yeah. From the we went to Walmart and bought every one they had. <laughs> we sure did. And we said, "Could you order more?" And they go. <laughs> now looking been... back, would you do that again? I hear there are certain stories about these white chairs that are now legendary in well, Stonebriar history. Sometimes they get old and crack and drop like a sack of sand. <laughs> and, and that was one of the funny yes. moments when I'm preaching, you'd hear <laughs> <laughs> some lady be <laughs> uh, or whatever. And oh I did my gosh. One down. Six hundred ago, but thankfully no one was ever really hurt. That's right. Yeah. We're very thankful. We probably had about four or five crash during no, we those did. Time that, no, we times did. there, and they were great because they were light, they were inexpensive, and you could stack them. Yeah. yeah. It was funny. We would be the only church in the world when I'd finish with the final benediction. I'd say, okay, everyone, before you leave, stack your chairs. <laughs> so we, we served together. Remember doing days. that? Yeah. People who were there, of course you did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. And we'd, we'd drag them out to, the, to a container. A yeah, big, we had an outdoor big, container. Yeah, we had those like crates a dumpster? and containers. No, Both? it was like those packing uh, containers oh, that people oh, move with. Yeah. Pods, yeah. Uh, yeah. Similar to that, yeah, we had we two of those outside the college. We would store them for the rest of the week, get them right. out on Saturday, put them up on Sunday afternoon. Right. And, you know, we kept growing, and we didn't have any other place to go. And yeah. we realized the clock is ticking on this six-month deal we worked out with the, yeah. with the uh, Quad C. And one of us drew the short straw and had to go back and meet with the trustees and say, uh... You folks have been wonderful to let us stay here. They were. they were all sitting there sort of frowning. And, and we said, would it be possible for us to stay maybe another decade? <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> could, could we maybe do another six months? Right. And they said, 
we'll need to meet on that and decide. Well, they graciously did that. We upped the ante, enlarged our payment, and, and we stayed. It was a wonderful place to stay. It was. Except for the roof. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. we've got white chairs that either uh, melt in the heat or uh, freeze up and crack. There's other weather-related issues to there the see There were. Tell us about that. Uh, well, it was corrugated iron, and there was no insulation, you know, a gymnasium. And when it would start to rain, it would... Remember? Right. Pour down. And I remember stopping and saying, okay, God, you win. You win. <laughs> so I'd get quiet, and then the rain would stop, and I'd think, thank you, Lord. And I'd start in, <laughs> and the rain would come again. But oh. it got to where it was sort of him or me, and he always won. He's been doing that for eternity. <laughs> so Yes. Anyway, it was, it, was yeah. a, it, it, was a, it was a fun experience for the most part. It well, was. yeah, I, we, we, the three of us did get to talk about this a little bit before we came out here tonight. And when we talked about this issue, I know you said something when we were just discussing it that I thought was really profound. We phrased the question at that point, what stands out about your preaching in uh, the gym at Quad C? And you talked about spontaneous growth and generosity in those years. Tell us more about that. Well, I've never seen a church like this. And I'm not blowing smoke. That's the absolute truth. Uh, I forget how many congregations we've served. Uh, we were with Pentecost in Dallas. We went to New England. Those two years were the longest decade of my life. <laughs> and uh, we left there and came to Irving. And then we were in Fullerton. Yeah. And we came here. So five congregations i've never seen a congregation this generous hmm. i mean we would we would ask that they might give over and above their regular offering to take care of a special need and i remember one time we needed furniture outside furniture for our special needs ministry remember that yes and and those who were involved in it said we'll need about uh, about forty six thousand dollars hmm. And I said, that's great. We'll, we'll ask for that. And they said, well, you're going to ask for all of us? Absolutely. We need 46. We'll ask for 46. Over $90,000. That's forgiven. incredible. Wow. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean it. I mean it. I, I remember standing in, at that pulpit and just crying, realizing how good of God to move on the hearts mm. of his mm. people and what a, what a vote of confidence it was for the special needs ministry. Mm. It's always been a flagship part yep. of our it has. ministry. It has. Very thankful for that and, ministry. And uh, along with that, I will say, the voluntary response has been off the chart for these 25 years. When we began to think about having an orchestra, what well, you hear most church orchestras, and I don't mean this to be ugly, but most of them stink, you know, and, and, and they just, it just, they're not good at all. It sounds like what's coming out of junior high school when they're first learning. But ours, I mean, we started with like a, an octet, and they were out of this world. Remember? And, and then a guy that played a reed instrument would be joining in, and a couple of his buddies played trumpet, and couple of trombones and then there was tuba and 
before you know it, we had a percussionist that was outstanding, and then the reeds mm -hmm. came in, and then the, and then the strings. <laughs> before long, we have a 50, 55-piece orchestra. And, and people come, and they've never heard music like that, yeah. especially in a church. It's incredible. It's a blessing. It really it's, is. It's just unbelievable. And I'll tell you, that really touches my life when I'm mm. here. I just, I think the world of, of, of music and especially of instrumental music, since I've got a little of that in my past, and, and when I see these people, most of them voluntary, and they're willing to play and be a part of our, our music, and people gifted like Don and, and, and Pete and, and, and Alan and and others. You know. And that's always been a part, even from those days in the college it to when we first moved here, the, uh, the worship, yeah. the music, yeah. that has always been a special place. I, I remember uh, Angela Paxton. Remember, Angela was carrying her baby, and uh, she was about to deliver. She was way out there. And, <laughs> and she said, well, it wasn't that far. Okay. <laughs> Seemed like she needed a stool and to hold it up. But anyway, she sang, Mary, Did You Know? Um, it, was, it was a Christmas time. Mm. Probably was, wasn't playing her guitar at that time. She's done that before. But. Right. But, <laughs> but, well, she had a shelf to put it on that day. That she needed it, you know? And it was just beautiful. But here again, this lovely voice and the vocalist that we have. Yeah. It's just out of this world. I know. I, I great. And I've also been grateful that you nor you have offered to sing. And that's, that's, that's been great. Thank I, you for that. That's my gift to you, Chuck, it, it, that yeah, I'm not going right, to do right. that. And Don won't let me audition for the choir anyway. Yeah, yeah. So. He's, he's, he's told me, keep Charlton busy doing other things. Okay, well, before I do my solo, I, I have another question. Um, I was able to get to know you better in uh, the years we were all in Fullerton. So you moved from vibrant, jam-packed Orange County, Fullerton, California, to Frisco and this particular property. What was Frisco like in 98, 99? Was it just like Fullerton, really bustling and everything but an in and out? Oh, we've got an in and out here now. Okay, what was, what was it like back then? It was a dump. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. It I was, was going to say, I didn't write was, that it down really, here. It was really way out in the country. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, there was no road that led to our land. There's nope. this little two-lane blacktop Lebanon right. that kind of snaked along the side, yeah. ditches on each side. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the guys told me, this is the land we've chosen. They were all excited. I'm like, yeah, you're kidding. <laughs> this, this is it? Yeah, this is going to be great. This is the nerve center of Frisco. <laughs> I'm thinking, are they in another world, or what have they been smoking? I mean, that, this, it, 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 we used to hunt dove out here when I was in seminary, you know. Hunt who? Dove. Yeah. Oh, dove. Dove. Oh, dove. Not any dove. particular dove. Right. person uh, or and, dove. And, you know, it got to where... I didn't know how to tell people how to find the church when we were first here. I would say, uh, well, what you ought to do is, uh, you remember my line? I, I remember your line. You can tell it. I'll let you tell it. Go ahead and tell it. No, I'll let you tell it. <laughs> you want to tell it? 
No, I want to hear you say it. <laughs> Something about that word coming out of your mouth yeah. that is just super special to God and everyone. <laughs> tell you the truth, I forget the name of the joint. What is that over there? Bill can tell you. Hooters. It's interesting you know that. <laughs> so I would say uh, when you come down, is it 248? Is that uh, Preston? Is that Preston? 289. 289. Come down 289. When you see Hooters, take a left. <laughs> and, you know, everybody's great. Well, Cynthia said to me one day over lunch, she said, honey, stop saying Hooters. You do that every Sunday. I said, everybody finds their way. They all know where Hooters is. She said, well, what if they turn and go there? I said, well, they really will need a church if they go to Hooters and come in. But I had to force myself to stop saying that. <laughs> anyway, we finally got paved roads, and before you knew it, 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 it is a nerve center. It's amazing. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Boy, the men really had vision when they, when they found this place. And, and they found over 60 acres that were available, which is virtually unheard of now. Right. Not virtually, but unheard of. So grateful. And uh, at first, I just... Couldn't imagine a church being here. Is that a picture of the... Yeah, that's their building. Oh uh, building B, which is, was our first building where our worship center was, now the NPR. Uh, affectionately known once it was built as uh, Little Home Depot on the Prairie, as I heard it a couple of times. <laughs> Chuck, what did you think? We, we moved in in February, March of 2001. We immediately started three services then. We went from two to three. Right. We started having ministries during out the week, and we started increasing in our staff and congregation right. and into the community. What were some of your thoughts back then? Well, I, um, I'd been at a church where we had done five services three in the morning and two at night for four and a half years before we had finished our new building. And I thought, it's enough of that. When, if, an, if I ever am gone and start a church, we're not going to go to multiple services. Well, that lasted <laughs> about maybe three hours. And here we, we had two because we didn't have space to see people. And the, and, and the, the growth was... Um, Unbelievable. I'm serious. I, I, uh, I had no idea there would be that kind of response. And you know, when you're in ministry and you've been doing this for a while and, and you see this kind of response, you just, only, you just can only say, Lord, you're just too good to, to do this for yes. us. Uh, and, and the spirit of the church Marvelous, really. It, we we just had a, um, a a this this loving close relationship with one another that I just didn't want anything to to mess it up. Uh, I remember thinking, uh, Lord. Whatever I may do, don't let me get in the way and don't let me mess this up. You're up to something really great. Mm -hmm. uh, and, he, and he certainly was and he is. 
because uh, that little multipurpose room was just choked with people. And then we were, you know, busy with all the other things that go along with church, and that's, that's our special needs group, that's our youth group, that's our, yeah. you know, our elementary Absolutely. age, yes. our, our uh, senior adults, Seniors, and, yeah. and all that goes with that. And People sometimes give me credit for, for all that. I, I don't deserve any credit for this. This is God's work. God's mm -hmm. doing this. And sometimes I wouldn't eat much lunch because I'd still be overwhelmed with uh, what we'd experienced, mm -hmm. you know. And the hunger for the scriptures, we would open the Bible and you could hear the pages. <laughs> People were turning and uh, they, they were digging in because some had never been at a place where you taught the scriptures. Mm -hmm. and. And it was so much fun to watch that happen. Mm. And I remember, I was in Job about two years, you know. <laughs> and I remember one little boy asked his daddy, Daddy, how old was I when Pastor Chuck started the book of Job? <laughs> Which That's I've always great. thought was the cutest yeah. question. I didn't like it. His daddy said, you were not quite born, son. When he <laughs> anyway, we had, we had fun with stuff like that. We would yeah. do a book study. They would love it. Yeah. And they would do a topical study. They would yeah. love it. We'd do a doctrinal study. They would love it. And we'd try a whole new series of something, and it was like, great, great, let's do that. And, and the, the, you know, where do you find that? Hmm. This is what you dream of when you're at seminary. You think maybe there will be a place where there'll be a handful of people that will really love the things of God. But are you kidding? Hmm. Handful? And with music interests like we had and the development of, of volunteers and, and those who were willing to give time to, to be involved in soul care yeah. because they would reach out to those who were coming to Christ and there was this interest in uh, putting this to work in my life, yeah. not just learning about theoretical mm. stuff. <laughs> oh, it's a and I thought, what, what a privilege to be a part of this. Mm. Honestly. It was. Chuck, yeah. I want to ask you about a specific date that same year. Uh, and it's in all of our minds. And um, it happened on a Tuesday morning, September of 2001. 9-11, oh, September 11, 2001. Yeah, we were living down on... Uh, not far from Willow at Preston, down near Cooper Clinic, on a little cul-de-sac. And I was in the kitchen fixing myself a bowl of cereal. Uh, and I'd watched the Monday night game, mm -hmm. which was big back then, bigger than now. And, and uh, Peter Jennings, you may recall the name, was... Uh, I, the the uh, little TV we had in the kitchen was on mute. And I could see Peter Jennings talking and was very serious as I'm pouring the milk in my cereal. And all of a sudden, poof, this plane goes through the building. My first thought when I saw the smoke from the building was it was a, maybe a, maybe a uh, 
a film that was coming together and they were showing some unique special features of the film and then that other plane flies through. And I yelled at Cynthia, who's getting dressed. I said, honey, honey, turn the TV on in the fan. Come on, come in here. And uh, we, like everybody else, were just stunned. And I remember, let's see, our Insight for Living staff was, was housed at EDS. Mm-hmm. Because that was the only yeah, place we could find. Straubach, interesting, his company helped us find that space. And so we had room to, to be there for a little bit of time. But the problem is, all those gates locked down when that happened. Wow. Because they didn't know what was going to happen next. Right. Right. And uh, some had, on our staff at Insight were already there and couldn't get out. Others were coming in, couldn't get in. And we chose, of course, not to open the church for our staff gathering. And we went to one of our staff members' homes, you may recall. Mm. And we sat there all through the morning. He had the largest television, so we wanted to see it on that setting. And, and the room was really quiet. There wasn't a lot of talk, which is unusual for us. We get together, there's a lot of bantering and fun together. There's no fun that day. And we, we paused a couple of three times and just mm. prayed. I remember we, uh, about noon or a little in the afternoon, uh, our, some of our staff and, and people were just coming up to Building B, and we were in the sanctuary, and we just had a time of, of just spontaneous prayer, and it was just really solemn. We had a, we had a, a prayer service that evening. We did. And then that Sunday... Um, oh. You preached out of Psalm 46. 46. Yep. And uh, do you remember that message? And it oh, was yep. it was packed that oh, day. Yeah. I, oh man! I just remember and, people. And the, audit, the auditorium was full. The atrium that stretched around here in, in the multi-purpose building was full. And then we left the doors open out to the parking lot, and people were standing out there. Yeah, they were in B lobby, and then out. And, and they were they were like uh, spellbound. Some had their Bibles, some just came and, and were staring. Like, what now? We all wondered that. Mm-hmm. And we were, uh, we were listening to what God said through the psalmist, mm-hmm. uh, which is the, the psalm where uh, Martin Luther mm-hmm. chose Ein Festeburgis Unser Gott. A mighty fortress is our God. He, he wrote that from that psalm. And I, I took us through it. And though the mountains quake, and though the, the, uh, the, the tumbles into the mm-hmm. sea, and though the waters rise, and though the, the floods come, God is our God, and we will trust him. And it's marked by three silas through it, the psalm which is one of my props used to give a, a great answer to that. He said, when you read Selah, think, pause, and let that sink in. I still do that. Mm-hmm. I'm reading in the psalm, and I get to Selah, and I paused. And I let those verses sink in. Then we went to the next section, and we paused. And, do, and I did that with our congregation. And I mean, we were drilling into that passage. All I could see was the top of heads. They, 
We were a, a serious group that day. Mm-hmm. And we all wondered, what now? Mm-hmm. What now? And a poignant message for this day and time in the, in the last couple of weeks, oh, yeah. what has been going on in Israel. Yeah, sure. With all of that, God is sovereign even you know, in the midst of that. And suffering. God's word is like that. Yeah. It's like that. It is alive and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. It's able to pierce beyond the soul and spirit into the joints and marrow and is able to be a critic of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Only God's word. And I remember thinking how grateful I am to have the scriptures. What, would you, what else would you turn to? And, of course, it changed everything. Yeah. I remember calling Bill uh, Gaither and saying, I'm not going to be able to come to the gathering. Uh, they were going to have a big you know, celebration. He yeah. said, oh, I hate hearing this. He said, you're about the fifth call I've gotten of those that were going to be here. I think we're going to cancel. Right. Most people canceled. Mm-hmm. We were all uncertain about flying. And, and I mean, it just changed the whole yeah. concept of flying, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 the, everything changed. And I remember thinking, uh, Lord, you're the only one that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. We need you now. Yes. But I, what I learned from that is that people turn to God right. when the bottom drops out of their life. Boy, I had a visible example of that yeah. in our church. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was wonderful because there was, there was very little feedback among people and, and uh, a lot of, often there was a lot of talk and all of that, there wasn't. They left almost in silence. Mm-hmm. Another group came for the next service right. and they came in silence. And we sang songs of uh, trust and uh, assurance. And it was so meaningful that time. So glad we shared in that together. I just left the seminary as president. Mark Bailey had become the president. And and he had to deal with all of that in the fall of, 20, of uh, 20, two, 2001. And the, and the changes that happened there were also significant. Can I ask you a question following up what you just said about sure. prior to uh, leaving the seminary? Um, you're a, a mentor to dozens, if not hundreds of people from a long distance. And oftentimes, younger leaders would like to hear you address, in those years in particular, how did you do all that? How were you a president of a seminary and the pastor of a church, and uh, a best-selling author, a conference speaker, a a husband, a dad, a granddad? How how in the world did you... I'm going to bed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm not going to jerk you around. Uh, I was exhausted. I operated from exhaustion. In fact, I had a heart attack in 2000, you may recall. Circumflex artery. They were able to get a stent in and 
thank the Lord for that and mm. came back 11 years later and put another one right into that. No problem with it since. But I was really burning that candle uh, on each end. I just signed on with Word Publishing for a, a brand new series on uh, great lives from God's Word. Yeah. It was a series of biographies that I was to do and wound up being nine of them from David all the way to Jesus. And uh, amazingly, people read them and, and were, were helped by them. But I wrote that not having any idea when I signed on with the publisher what I'd be living with and facing. Mm -hmm. You know, when you start a church, you think, well, we, we'll begin little and we'll get going. It, this church doesn't know the meaning of little. <laughs> and so everything was just like drinking out of a fire hydrant. And, you, and before you know it, you, you're just juggling a lot of different things. Yeah. Plus, I was 65 years old when we started, almost 65 when we started. Don McMahon always teases me about it. He says, Chuck, guys retire from ministry when they're 65. <laughs> yeah. You just get started with the church. I said, I know, I know. I'm just like that, you know. And uh, I'm grateful that I'm able to do it. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what I am able to do. I'm able to be all there. Yes. Wherever I am. Like right now, tonight, and this isn't about me, but I'll just give you a little tip here. I'm not thinking about yesterday or day after tomorrow or two weeks from now or some need that I'm dealing with. Or I'm thinking about right now. Jim Elliott, the, re the martyred missionary, said they found it in his journal after his death. Wherever you are, be all there. Live to the hilt. Every situation you believe to be the will of God. Uh, that's, that's me. I'm all there. Sunday morning in that pulpit, I couldn't give you my name. When I get going, I'm all there. I'm not thinking about next week or something that Cynthia and I talked about last night. I'm thinking about that moment, and I'm focused. So I guess because I'm able to do that, uh, I was able to take on those things because I never thought about all of them together. When I was doing one, I was doing that one thing. Yeah. I was all there. I was writing. I just sat at my desk, and I wrote. Uh, and I, I just, it just beautifully came together. Always so grateful for that. Mm. And I've known you almost mm -hmm. 50 years, and you've always been that way. Yeah. You, whenever really? we were together, <laughs> you were all there. We'd go to lunch, and it's like, oh, my gosh, the whole restaurant could explode in a second. But you're still totally focused. That, yeah. That's a wonderful attribute yeah. well, to possess. Uh, That, that is me. That, that's, that's just the way I operate. And when someone is here speaking to me, I'm drilled in. Yeah. I'm looking into their eyes, and I'm listening to what they're saying. And I'm not thinking about what's coming up later. I'm not thinking about what time it is. I even put the exhaustion out of my mind because that person is talking, and I need to hear what they're saying. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I hope I can keep doing that because I, I rely on that without thinking about it, you know. And when we sing, oh, man, I, I am all over that song. You may not have noticed, but I, but I mean, from the bottom of my shoes all the way up to the yeah. crown of my head, I, I am, you know, if it's, and can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood, died he for me? I can't even go on and think about the beauty of those words. Mm. Mm. How Charles Wesley could put that down along with 5,000 hymns. Now that's focused. Mm -hmm. And I think he's left this for us to sing. And I remember setting up the church so that we would have a philosophy of worship and it would be meaningful. It would have depth. Mm -hmm. It would have substance. And there would never be a time when we would have a service that the scriptures would not be open. Right and that we would not take prayer seriously, and that we would not have music that would touch the soul. Mm -hmm. And I know there's all kinds of music, and I appreciate that fact, but uh, the kind that reaches me is the kind we have at this church, and I'm grateful that our I want to ask you a question about the music here. I, I uh, spent a little time on this one as well. When it came to worship, you felt strongly that this worship center should include A, bagpipes, B, salsa dancing, C, a disco ball, D, a pipe organ. I think I would say pipe organ. Survey says you are correct. Pipes. That's great. Well, you know, not everybody goes for pipe organ. Uh, if they want to be wrong, that's fine. It's really <laughs> there we go. But you know, uh, seriously, now I have a respect for all of you. You, I, you are, have every reason in the world to disagree, and uh, I will disagree with other people. And I have every reason in the world to do that. We respect each other. We don't have infights. But I solved the problem of paying for the pipe organ by saying this to everyone. If you really want us to have this, we're only going to buy it for cash. And so you make a special donation to it. Put it in that envelope. The others of you who don't, do not put anything in that envelope. So no one was offended. If you didn't want it, you didn't give to it. If you did, you did. And we paid for it in a matter of a few weeks. Cash. And I look back and think that's one of the greatest additions we've done at this church. I realize it, it marks us as more traditional. I don't care. Uh, I'm, I'm not here to make everybody happy or to please the whole community. But I find that those who know something about music have a respect for this kind of music. And when you've got a John Dill, you know, it's kind of like a, introducing a Texas hailstorm. You don't have to say much, you just get out of his way, you know. And, and John was here to build it and then to play the organ. Mm. And there are many people who come and view our ministry online because John Dill is here. And we should be grateful for that. Mm. 
privilege of having a man like that. I mean, he yeah. very appropriate. Very, very appropriate. And, and an, uh, fun fact about the organ, uh, one of the stops is named after you. It says it right on there. And I don't know how many stops there are, but it, one of them is Swindle. Is that right, John? Yeah, it's a loud horn. <laughs> John Dill made it very clear that the loudest horn has my name on it. Swindle stop. John, let, me, let me tell you about John. John's playing the organ, and he goes, oh, F sharp. I mean, nobody else in the room knows that the F sharp is a little off. So John gets up goes back in the back, crawls up into the labyrinth of all of these pipes and crawls around and crawls around like a little imp. And he gets up there and he goes, and he comes back down smiling, climbs down the ladder, walks around, comes back here. Then he plays, he goes, there. Oh, and I go, it. only John Got it. <laughs> would know that. I just think he's great. You know, let me tell you about his sense of humor. When he built the console, which is the, the, the Keep place it. where he sits to play the instrument, he also had carved into the console little animals. Yeah. You've seen them. I've seen them. Yeah. yeah. And he loves it when kids come up to look at it because they're all fascinated by this great big instrument. And he said, okay, where are the animals? And he has more fun with the kids mm, trying yeah. to find the animals. And wow. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, I that's love it. That's great. Yeah. Now, Chuck, we have a couple more questions here tonight okay. for you. I know we could just go on and on. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. But I want to go back to something you said just a moment and something about our worship center because I think it's, it's really, um, it, it connects. When you say you're in front of people, you're all there, and you are. Uh, people feel like you were talking to them. People feel like the way you preach, you are preaching specifically to them. And when we were building this worship center, you were very specific about the very top seats that you wanted to be able to see the faces of the people, right. and you didn't want it Coliseum style. You wanted to be able to connect with that. Tell us about right. that. Well, I wanted free of columns. I, I'm not a designer. I'm not that gifted in that kind of thing. So I need people around me, architects that really know how to do that. So I said, let's bring everybody as close as we can so that I can see faces. That was back when I could see. And <laughs> uh, I remember thinking how great it is that the risers uh, aren't like up at the nosebleed area, but they're down in, in a reasonable height, and they're wrapped around close enough for us to feel that sense of oneness. And I like it that, that it's not massive. You know, you go in some churches, it's like, this time zone is over here, and that time yeah. zone is over there. I didn't, I didn't want that. In fact, I remember having a meeting with a committee, and, and uh, I was holding back on size. And one of the men in the committee, uh, telling tales out of school here, but he said to me, what's the matter with you? You're, you're the preacher. We're all trying to build it bigger, and you're holding it back. And I said, I, I'm not interested in size. I'm interested in its being just large enough to meet our needs, and it seems to me 3,000 is max. He said, it could be 5,000. We could fill it with 5,000. I said, maybe we could. But there's a point in a big building where you feel like you're removed. We've all sat in buildings like that. 
Not the Meyerson. When you're down at the Meyerson and you hear the concert, you feel like you're a part of the group that's there. It's relatively small. Great concert halls are not massive. They're mm -hmm. smaller. Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted it to feel like I belonged to him or her or them. And uh, I loved the way it turned out. Yeah, because it, the size is about 3,000 and change, maybe 3,005, 3,004. And that's plenty big. If you want it bigger, you need another pastor. You know, need another place to build it. But I like this size. And I remember thinking when they finished, boy, that's, that's great. Also felt strongly about the pulpit. Yes. Because pulpits yeah. are kind of going out. Everything significant is going out, except here. We're keeping them here. And so when we built the pulpit, uh, I said, this may sound like a weird guy's idea, and it probably is, but I'd like a guy who carves wood to carve a sword in the front of that pulpit for the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I want people, when they look at the pulpit, to realize it's, it's, the, it's the Word of God mm. that cuts through to the deep things of our lives. And I want them to see that in the pulpit. And we have a pulpit that, you know, you can lift up this. When Chip Dickens preaches here and he's eight feet nine, you can bring it <laughs> way up like this. And when, you know, when Stan Tuesday was here, we bring it way down like this. And I love that. Yeah. And, and you get it just the right height. And our people in sound and lighting are so sensitive to things like that. I got to tell you something funny. Uh, we had just finished, pretty much finished the building. And I'd never come in when it was totally empty. So nobody's ever heard this story. So I walked in and it was kind of dusk, real quiet. And I walked down here and I walked up the steps and I came over and stood in the pulpit. And uh, I didn't realize the sound and lighting guys were up there. Oh, wow. Up there. I can't walk. <laughs> in, you know, that part. And suddenly, I'm standing there like, this is so good. And I hear, how are you, Chuck? <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm fine, God. It's I'm God. fine. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> and it was Jason Webb up there working on something up there in the lights or one of the guys. And... Chuck was on the other side laughing about knowing I jumped, you know, when he yelled that out at me. But I have to tell you, there, there's not much to it when there's no one here. Because the church is people. Yeah. And I realized that especially then. We had a new building. We had a wonderful pulpit. We had a, the pipe organ was being put in, and we were in the process of hauling the pipes in. That was fun, too. But there were no people, and without people, you just have seats and a floor and a ceiling and a sound system. And I, I love it when people are here and there's, there's life and, and there's relationships. <laughs> and there are needs that are going to be met. How good is that mm -hmm. to be a part of that? Mm. I love it. I just love it.
Yeah. What's the matter with me? I'm crying at parades now. And, but it touches me when I think about the value of year after year for 25 years we've been at this. Never had a split. Never had a real argument. Oh, we have people that don't agree and, and they feel the need to leave. And that, that's fine. I want them to. Mm -hmm. If you're not happy here, you need to leave. Uh, this is not for everybody. True. But this is for us. Yes. This is for a group of God's people that want this kind of worship and ministry. I'll tell you what else, too. There's no extra charge for this one. The integrity of this ministry would just stop a clock. You know what I'm yeah. going to say. Yeah. Every time we have an audit, the auditor <laughs> sits there and says, clean and clear. We, we paid off our mortgage. What was that? 2000 what? That was 21. 21, 21. And uh, now monies are all used for what they're supposed to be used for. When monies are given, every dime is used for that purpose. Hmm. And I don't, I don't have any idea who gives what. I don't want to know. I don't know where they count the money. I don't know the process of, of getting it to the bank. I don't need to know that. When somebody gives me maybe a $50 bill and it's over, they want me to, I say, nope. See that usher right there? Give it to him. He'll know where to put it, and he'll put it there for you, or he'll show you where to put it. But mm -hmm. I don't handle the money. And because of things like that, there's never been any uh, scandal, scandal. Mm -hmm. about that. You know, isn't that great? Yeah. It's not me. It's, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what churches are supposed to right. do. Yeah. We're supposed to keep our word. We're supposed to take the money and use it for what you say it's used for so people can trust you. And, and we do that. Yeah. And you guys are models of that as well. I, I love that. I'm so thankful for the stewardship of our church, yeah. and for our elders, oh. for our finance committee, for our congregation. Can't tell you. Those that give. And, and, and the elders. That. You know, I've, I've dreaded elder meetings many a year in ministry. Not here. I love them. <laughs> because it's a group of spiritually minded, truly dedicated men who love Jesus with their heart and soul, and they get along well together. You've been in those meetings. Yeah, and they all serve in the church. Sure. It, it's not just serving as an elder. And, they serve in the yeah, church. And there's not a yes man in the group, but there's no argument where that kind of thing often goes on in a church. And people who come and need to recover because of, you know, toxic kind of ministries, I tell them, take your time. Take your time. Recover. Mm. Because legalism will drain you to the, to the bottom. And, and arguing churches will just, just take the heart out of you. Mm. But if you want a place that loves to be with each other and loves to worship and loves to exalt the head of the church, Christ, Stonebriar is a spot. Oh, great. It's a privilege to be a part of it.
you've been so good to be so transparent <laughs> with us over this last hour. I know Charlton has one last question he wants to ask you, but thank you for, uh, thank you for doing this for oh, all man. of us. We appreciate it. Charlton, why don't sure. you uh, give him one final question? Yeah, so Chuck, is just you were saying uh, you, you've been faithful to preach in season, out of season, these 25 years here and even before that in your ministry uh, and be among us and um, now as we celebrate these 25 years and all that God has done, as you look to the days ahead, what's your heart? What's your desire? What's your, uh, your hope for Stonebriar? Well, uh, I, I want us to maintain the things we've talked about. I don't want us to uh, get lost in, in, in the shuffle of a change. And I want us to move smoothly through it. We thought through a transition time and how that will work. And we feel good about that. Feel like the congregation will be very pleased with the way this has been thought through and being put together. Uh, I, uh, I've, I've left churches and then gone back for a brief visit, and they don't even look like the same place. Mm. They don't even sound like we used to sound. And not that it has to be just like it was when I was there, but it, it, it sort of lost its, it, its mark, its touch. Uh, just like every home has a smell, every family has a style, every church is known for that kind of ministry. I don't want that to get lost. And uh, because it's not been about me when I'm gone, this will roll right on. I have no doubt about that. Music will still be great. Preaching is going to be great. Uh, the fellowship is going to be fabulous. It'll be a church of prayer. We'll still commit ourselves to missions work and what God is doing around the world. I just uh, don't want to hear 10 years afterwards, I'll be 150 then, but uh, <laughs> 10 years afterwards, uh, that that's, everything's changed. Like I hear about a former church I once served. Why did it all change? It was just flourishing. Now it isn't. This church has had 25 years of building a solid foundation together. We do it together. And there's not been one prominent personality or there's no ego involved in it. And we've had great people that are like benedictions to our congregations. The <laughs> Dr. and Mrs. Hendricks, Dr. and Mrs. Toussaint, others I could name who have just in fact, we dedicated the organ to those two couples before those men passed. Uh, and I gotta tell you, they, throughout their time of being among us, I never knew a time when they made it difficult for me. They were affirming and loving and, and encouraging. And I once finished a sermon and Dan Toussaint left his spot, was making his way down. I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go. 
and how wrong I was. He came all the way down to tell me how much he appreciated it. He didn't have to do that. Yeah. I crawled down the steps over there and hugged him. And I said, I love you, Dr. Toussaint. He said, Stan. He's been saying that all (laughs) through his time of no, I said, never be Stan. It's Dr. Toussaint. Same with Dr. Hendricks. We stand on each other's shoulders. And I just want to be sure that when we're out of the picture, Christ is still preeminent. And great music is still known at Stonebriar Church, like great preaching. And the faithfulness of God's people pulling together, volunteering, serving, giving, so that the generosity continues on. Amen. That's what I like. That's great. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Chuck, thank you for shepherding us these 25 years. Thank you to you and Cynthia for your love your investment into our lives. Thank you for preaching the word and being an instrument of God's grace into all of our lives. And you know, uh, you, you mentioned, I'm, I'm sorry I left Cynthia out. I should not have done that. She's, she means the world to me. Uh, and I'm grateful for you, sweetheart, and for all you've put up with with me. And... <laughs> All I ask is that you never write the unauthorized biography. <laughs> we, got, we got our secrets, kiddo, and that's what they are. Well, anyway. we love you both. And I know I speak for everyone in this worship center, everyone watching online, everyone who's been a part of Stonebriar, when we say we have been blessed to have you as our pastor, as our shepherd. We love you, Chuck. And we are so grateful for you. And look what God has done these 25 years. Just amazing. Thank you.